The scripture reading on, that the sermon is based upon is from Exodus. Moses said to the whole Israelite community, this is what the Lord has commanded. From what you have, take an offering for the Lord. Everyone who is willing is to bring to the Lord an offering of gold, silver, and bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and fine linen, goat hair, ram skins dyed red, and other another type of durable leather, acacia wood, olive oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil and for the fragrance incense, and ox stones and other gems to be mounted on the ephod and breastpiece. All who are skilled among you are to come and make everything the Lord has commanded. Then the whole Israelite community withdrew from Moses' presence, and everyone who was willing and whose heart moved them came and brought an offering to the Lord for the work on the tent of meeting, for all its service and for the sacred garments. All who were willing, men and women alike, came and brought gold jewelry of all kinds, brooches, earrings, rings, and ornaments. They all presented their gold as a wave offering to the Lord. Everyone who had blue, purple, or scarlet yarn, or fine linen, or goat hair, ram skins dyed red, or the other durable leather brought to them. Then Moses summoned Bezalel and Ohaliab, and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given ability, and who was willing to come and do the work. They received from Moses all the offerings the Israelites had brought to carry out the work of constructing the sanctuary. And the people continued to bring freewill offerings morning after morning. So all the skilled workers who were doing all the work on the sanctuary left what they were doing and said to Moses, the people are bringing more than enough for doing the work of the Lord commanded to be done. Then Moses gave an order and they sent this word throughout the camp. No man or woman is to make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. And so the people were restrained from bringing more. And because what they had already, because what they already had had was more than enough to do all the work. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. You know, we all, we all have our ups and our downs in life, right? And that's uh, the people that you read about in the Bible are no exception to that. We've been studying the book of Exodus. The people of uh, Israel have been delivered from their slavery in Egypt. They're on their way to the promised land. And if you've been with us at all during this study, you know that they've had, they've had their ups and downs, right? They've had some, uh, they've had some good moments, a few where they trusted the Lord and they obeyed his word. And, and they've, you know, they've had some pretty bad moments where their lack of trust led them into some behavior that they were ashamed of. And uh, today, however, we have the joyful opportunity at looking at one of their really, really good moments. Um, in some 
chapters of Exodus that we did not cover. The Lord had given to Moses some very, very detailed instructions about exactly how to construct the tabernacle and how to make clothing for the priests so that God could dwell among his people. That was the whole purpose of this, for the, for the Lord himself to live among their community. But God had given them uh, him these instructions on how to do this. And, and of course, in order for the tabernacle to be built, they, they needed to give. And so what we have here is a record of the people's giving. And I'm just going to very simply break my thoughts into three parts. First, I want to talk about what they gave. Then I want to talk about how they gave it. And then thirdly, uh, I would like us to think about why the people gave this way. So um, we'll start with what they gave. And I, I would say basically on this occasion, the, the, uh, the Israelites gave the very same two things that men and women of faith have given to the work of the Lord for centuries, all right? They gave, they gave their treasure and they gave their time. Now, it's obvious that they gave treasure. Um, the passage lists different types of materials that would be required to, to construct the tabernacle. They were going to need gold and silver and bronze. They needed various kinds of fabric and leather, some of which would, be, would have been very costly. They needed oil and incense for the ongoing service of worship. They needed gems, costly ju jewels of different kinds. So these were the materials that were needed, required, for them to do what God had commanded them to do. Now, in today's world, if we wanted to respond to a need like that, we would probably write a check or give money, right? In their economy, the way that people would give, they would actually take one of their treasured possessions, a ring or an earring or, or some kind of family heirloom, and that is what they would give to the Lord. And so you, you read in uh, verse 22, 23 of, of uh, 35, that they took their brooches and their earrings and their rings and their ornament. They took cloth that they had and, 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 and different kinds of yarn they had been saving. They took, in other words, they actually took their household treasures and they gave these to the Lord. So they gave their treasure. They also, um, they also gave their time. Tabernacles don't build themselves, right? They needed someone to do the work. So they, they needed men and women throughout the whole community who would just be willing to donate their labor, give their time toward this work. And that's, that's what they did. Obviously, we've, we've, you can see we've left out certain verses here just for the sake of time and space in, in the bulletin. If you read the broader passage, there's a description of, uh, it says that there were skilled women in the community who knew how to weave with their hands. They donated their time. It says these, these two men, Bezalel and Aholiab, who are mentioned, these were basically the leaders of, uh, of the construction project. It says that they, they were very skilled at different kinds of crafts, and they trained men and women who were willing to, to learn. And so they taught them, and then they gave their time. They learned how to cast metal and cut stones and work with wood and do engraving. So the people who did this, they gave a gift to the Lord. They gave their time. They gave their labor. Now, um, the New Testament tells us how, as Christians, all of us have been given gifts by the Holy Spirit. And we are to use these to, to build up whatever community of faith God has placed us in. We're to use these to edify the church. And when, listen, whenever Christians do this, you use your spiritual gift to build up the congregation you're basically giving the same gift that these ancient Hebrews did. You're giving, you're giving your time to the Lord. 
So that's pretty easy. What did they give? They gave, what did they give? They gave their treasure. They gave their time. Now, second thought, how did they give it? Well, let me ask you. If you, if you had to describe the giving of the Israelites in this occasion using only one word, what word might you use? Extravagant. Anyone else? Liberal. They gave liberally. They gave, if you say abundantly. The word that came to mind, and it doesn't even do it justice. They gave generously. But you see, that doesn't even do it. It's just beyond generous. It's amazing generosity. Um, you, you read here that it actually reached the point where Moses had to command the people to stop giving. He's like, stop. We have too much gold. We have too much silver, which not only speaks to their generosity, speaks to his integrity. I mean, today he might be saying, well, I guess the Lord wants me to have a private jet, you know, so keep giving. He didn't do that. He said, stop giving. The people gave and gave and gave and gave to the point where there was so much material, it was kind of hindering the work. They had to stop them. And listen, this is not because the needs were small. It's because the giving was great. If you, if you read the, 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 the description of how to build the tabernacle, it's very, very detailed to the point that you can actually calculate the exact amount of material that was needed. And so one person has calculated that to build the tabernacle as it's described in, uh, in Exodus would have required 2,193 pounds of gold, which at today's prices would be worth over $45 million. I mean, this was incredible giving. And these, these were poor people. These were former slaves living in a refugee camp in the middle of the desert. You say, well, where'd they get all the gold? If you remember earlier in Exodus, when, the, when God finally humbled the Egyptians and called them to repentance so that they, they let the people free, um, God moved the hearts of the Egyptians, I guess, to make reparation for all these years of enslavement. And so the Egyptians gave them gold, gave them precious jewels as they left Egypt. And so the, this gold and these jewels that they had, this was kind of, this was their nest egg to get started in the promised land. This is what, this was the one thing they had to get started when they got to Canaan. And they gave it. These poor former slaves literally eating food they found on the ground every day, right? Gave what they had to the Lord. So they're, um, they were very, very generous with their treasure. And I just want to tell you guys, um, one of the reasons I feel so privileged to be pastor of this particular church is because I see this kind of giving going on here. Um, we, have, we have people in this church who are not necessarily wealthy people, but who give of, the, of their finances with incredible generosity. This, this church would not be here and we would not be doing the things that we're doing were, were it not for this just kind of faithful, generous, fearless giving, uh, financial giving to, to God's work. And so um, I rejoice in that. There's, there's a place in Philippians 4 where the, the Apostle Paul is describing the generous financial giving of the church in Philippi and he describes their giving this way. He says, your giving is a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. I think Paul would describe the giving of many people in this church the same way. And, and I'm sure we, would you agree, we could describe the giving of the Israelites just pleasing to God. 
Um, so they were generous with their treasure. They were also very generous with their time. I mean, it's, it's hard to imagine how many, how many hours of labor would have been required to create this tabernacle. Um, a, a member of my community group who is an artist um, shared with us something that she noticed in her study of Exodus that, listen, as a non-artist, I didn't even, I, I kind of missed this, but she was reading in Exodus 39, and it says that they needed gold thread to weave into a particular part of the garment that the priest was to wear, just kind of to highlight um, and accentuate that, that garment. And it says that in order to make gold thread, they took gold, they hammered it into um, basically paper-thin sheets, and then they carefully cut it, thin little threads of gold. And as an artist, she said, do you guys, can you, can you imagine how much time that took? And listen, that was just a minor detail in one small aspect of this entire project. So the entire project must have taken, literally, men and women throughout Israel donated thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of their own time for this work of the Lord. And again, I mean, I just, I don't want to be boasting about our church, guys, but that just reminds me of this congregation. We have, listen, we have people in this church who donate hours every week to serving this community, to serving each other, to reaching out to, to our neighborhood. To, some of it is noticed, much of it you don't notice. Just giving their time and serving. That, that is a fragrant offering to God. So what did they give their time and their treasure? How did they did it? Just this reckless generosity uh, to, to the Lord. Now, the big question is why. I mean, we, we know these Israelites had their struggles, right? That's why I love them, because I can relate to them. They had, their, they had their, their struggles, but on this occasion, they just were like free to give. And so why, why were they so generous? And that is an important question, because you'll notice in this passage, we are told that all of this giving, all of it, was voluntary. They were not forced to donate their riches to the work, right? And they were not pressured to give their time and their labor. It, it, there, you notice, there are no kind of manipulative, emotional appeals. Moses trying to make them feel guilty and pressure them. No, no listen, verse 5 of chapter 35, Moses just says, everyone who's willing is to bring an offering to the Lord. If you, if you want to, do it. If you don't want to, you don't have to. It just, um, and, and that, the fact that this was voluntary is repeated through the passage. Verse 21 of chapter 35, everyone who was willing and whose heart moved them came and brought an offering. Verse 22, all who were willing, men and women alike, came and brought gold. Uh, verse 2 of chapter 36, every skilled person to whom the Lord had given a, a ability and who was willing came to do the work. So all of this voluntary is just, all of this giving is it's voluntary. Now, um, the New Testament tells us that in as a church, we are to function that same way. Pa pastors have to talk about giving. They have to challenge people to, to, uh, to serve. Otherwise, we're not preaching the Bible because it's in the Bible, right? But churches are, are told that we're, we're never to force people to give. We're never to kind of manipulate people into serving. Um, 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7 says, 
Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Why? It says, for God loves a cheerful giver. God just loves it. Not, not when somebody browbeats you into giving, but something in your heart just fills you with joy and a desire to serve, a desire to give your time, a desire to help out, a desire to give your money. It just when, it, when it's coming from the heart, God says, yes, I love that. So the question is, why were these people cheerful givers? Why were they so happy to give? And it, it doesn't say. You kind of have to look at the context of the whole book of Exodus to infer why they gave this way. Here's two reasons why I think they gave so generously. The first is, these were people who understood grace. They understood God's grace. You remember, they had been slaves in Egypt. They cried out to God for mercy, and the Lord delivered them. And re remember, God, God did not ask them first to prove their love for him, and then he would deliver them. No, he didn't do that. God didn't give them a bunch of rules and say, keep these rules and I will come and, and rescue you. He didn't do that. In, in fact, God didn't even make them promise that he, they would serve him in the future. They just, they were in need. They cried out for mercy and God responded. You know what you call that? You call that grace. And then a couple of, couple of uh, weeks ago, we saw how they, probably their low point in, in so far, they, 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 they turned away from the Lord. They worshiped this golden idol. And you know what happened when they did that? They received more grace. I mean, they, they deserved to have God reject them and abandon them, but he forgave them. He promised that he would still go with them. That the whole fact that he still wanted them to construct a tabernacle just so that he still loved them, he still wanted to. So in other words, these were people who just knew what it felt like to be loved by a God who, who hasn't really asked for anything in return, to be given a love they don't deserve. And I think that it must have been just some sense of gratitude for that that made them want to give. They, they understood grace. Now, would you agree with me that as Christians, this is something we have in common with those ancient Hebrews, right? We, we should be a people who understand grace, right? Why? Because the gospel of, of Christ tells us that we are, we're not saved because we're good people. We're saved by grace. On the cross, Jesus took all the punishment that our sins deserved so that we could just receive, well, we could receive all the blessings he deserved, just freely given to us. That's, that's grace. And just as they received more grace when they stumbled into that sin with the golden calf, how many of you have received more grace from God after coming to Jesus? You stumble into some sin, and he keeps forgiving and forgiving and forgiving and forgiving. Listen, when you have experienced grace, that, if you really experience it, just starts to create a desire to give, which is why pastors' jobs are really easy when it comes to motivating people to give of their time or, or, or their treasure. We, don't, we, don't have, we really should not have to pressure people. Just talk about grace. That will elicit a desire to give. Um, there's a place in uh, 
2 Corinthians 8, Paul was encouraging the church in Corinth to give their money to the poor. There were some poor Christians in another part of the world. He's encouraging them to, to give. And he, do, he doesn't manipulate them. He just says, listen, here's why you should give. 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9, he said, you should give, quote, because you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor so that you through his poverty might become rich. Uh, one author that I like, Randy Alcorn, he says this, as thunder follows lightning, giving follows grace. When God's grace touches you, has God's grace touched you? When God's grace touches you, you can't help but respond with generous giving. So if, you've, if, if you find yourself, now that you're a Christian, you say, you know what, I don't know, before I hated giving my money away. Now, now I love giving to the Lord's work. Or before, you know, I, I, I never wanted to give my time to anything. Now I just, I just love giving my time. The reason for that, I think, is because God's grace has just produced that result in your life. So... Why did they give? First, they, under, they understood God's grace. Secondly, reason I think they gave, they believed God's promise. They believed his promise. Remember, the Lord, the Lord made it clear that he did not deliver them from slavery just to bring them out into the wilderness and leave them there. God promised that he would bring them into a land of their own. It's described as a rich land a fertile land, a land where they would prosper. In fact, the metaphor they used, a land flowing with what? Milk and honey, right? Just a beautiful place. And so I, I, I think one reason that they, they, it was easy for them to give is they just believed the promise. I mean, just, they just said, you know, if God, if God is going to give us this land where all our needs will be met, why in the world would we, why would we even hesitate to give right now? God is going to take care of us. That would have been affirmed every day when they woke up and went outside. And every day God provided manna. Every day it was there. They just said, you know, this is a God. He is so good. He provides for us. He has promised. He is leading us to this place. Why not give? Now, as Christians, um, God has promised us something even better than what he promised them. He promised them, a, you know, a, a, a temporal, temporary inheritance in this world. God has promised us an eternal inheritance in, 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 in the world to come, eternal life in his kingdom. I mean, just... Believing that promise can set you free to give. Now, I, I want to be, um, be careful when I talk about giving because I know that for some people this is a real struggle. We all have different, we have different struggles. Some, some Christians have, perhaps have a hard time controlling their temper. For other people, it's not a problem. Some people have a really hard time forgiving. For other Christians, that just seems to flow effortlessly. It, it's the same with giving. Some people, is, this is not a struggle. It may be that for you, this is really hard. It's just hard to give. It's a struggle every time. Or you really, you really fear committing to like help with some ministry because, you know, I, might, I don't want to be locked down, some kind of commitment. So if this is a struggle for you, I wonder if, if a reason for that is just this fear. If I give, maybe there won't be enough for me. If I commit, maybe I won't have enough time in the week. Um, I would suggest to you, if that's a struggle, a way to conquer that fear 
is to remind yourself of God's promise. Just remind yourself. He's, listen, he's going to give you a kingdom. Hmm? He's going to feed you manna every step of the way. He promises that he will take care of you. He promises that he will get, he will, Jesus will share the wealth of his kingdom with you. That, that just kind of frees you. Um, for example, if I knew for sure that I'm going to inherit $100 million this next Wednesday, it would be so easy to be generous. I mean, I would take you all to lunch. Everyone here, on me. In fact, I, I would even let you supersize your value meal. I would be so generous, right? I know for certain I will receive something far better than that. Someday, Christ will give it to me. I'm not taking you to lunch, but I, I, it should just encourage me. Never, ever be afraid to give. Jesus, um, in his ministry, and, and I'll close with this, Jesus, Jesus called his followers to a lifestyle of radical, reckless generosity. In fact, you ever notice the Pharisees got really mad at Jesus when he talked about money and giving? But you read in the New Testament, the Pharisees were faithful tithers. So they understood. He's talking about something way beyond tithing. Tithers got nervous when Jesus talked about giving. So he's, he was calling them to radical, radical, radical generosity. And the way he helped them under, he, the way he helped them overcome the fear of that call, because it, it elicits some fear, he reminded them of the promise. Here's, here's what Jesus said, Luke chapter 12. Do not be afraid, little flock. Your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions. Give to the poor. Notice he didn't say, if you sell your possessions, give to the poor. The father will give you the kingdom. No. That's not grace. He said he's already given you the kingdom. You are already an heir. You're already wealthy in what God will give you. Live like it. Let's, let's pray. We are so grateful for your generosity to us. Father, will you help us, change us with the message of Christ to be big-hearted, giving, generous people. In Christ's name, amen.